Good evening, everybody. Good to be back. I said that last week as well, but if I haven't seen you yet, it was good to be on a bit of a break. And um, so during a break, usually I uh, try not to read too much or uh, study too much or anything like that. But at one point, I was reading in Galatians, and, um, and it says this. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, it says, do not be deceived. And I think there is so much deception that is happening right now in the world. There is so much stuff that is being taught. Uh, so many lies and so many agendas that have been pushed over the last few years that I want to say this to each and every single person here tonight. Do not be deceived. And I want to turn to the book of Corinthians quickly. I want to read the scripture to you. Uh, no, not that one. 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11. Um, do we have that first one? Verse 3. Sorry. I do have it. So this is Paul praying to the Corinthian church in verse 3. He says, but I am afraid that as the serpent or the evil one or Satan has deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a pure and sincere devotion to Christ. This is the first century church. And Paul is saying, I am afraid. So tonight, I can almost want to echo the words of Paul and say, I am afraid that there are some here that will be deceived, like Eve was deceived by the cunning of the snake, the cunning of the serpent, that you will be led astray from a pure and sincere devotion to Christ. And then verse 11 says this, um, oh, for verse 14 says this, and no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Let's pray. Father, this evening we bring all the honor to you, Lord. As we are going to look at the enemy, Lord, we are not intimidated. We are not in a place of trepidation or fear. But this evening, God, we firmly fix our eyes on you, Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, and faith drives out all fear in this place tonight, Lord. And Father, tonight we give you all the honor in this place. But Lord, teach us about our enemy. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. So can we get that little, little devil up there, little picture? <laughs> That's not Satan, okay? That's not Satan, and that's what we're going to look at tonight. That's not him, okay? Absolutely not the, the image. This is the image that the world wants to portray, this little, little fork tail and, uh, you know, fork in the hand. And I can tell you, he is a lot stronger than that little man up there. So tonight's sermon is called The Devil You Know. And uh, let's talk about Satan. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about him. And nobody enjoys talking about the enemy. And I don't want to spend more time or give more airtime to the devil than he deserves. But he is our enemy. Okay? 
and we need to know as much as we can about him. And how do you win a battle? Well, you win a battle when you know your enemy and you know his strategies and you actually know his ways and his tactics. So the word Satan actually appears 52 times in the Bible, 52 times. So you think that we should talk about him tonight. And it means adversary. He's got a few names, and um, maybe you've heard some of these, maybe you haven't. He is known by many names, the devil, Lucifer, the serpent, the evil one, the adversary, the tempter, the deceiver, the prince of darkness, the prince of the power of the air, the god of this age. So that's Satan. He's the god of this age, the destroyer. The great dragon, Beelzebub and Belial. Those are some of the names that the Bible actually calls Satan. So what do we know? What do we know about him? Well, first thing that we know about Satan is that he is a fallen angel. In other words, he is real, he is alive, and he is a, a living spiritual being. Okay, that's what we know about him. And we know that he chose to enter into rebellion against God. He chose. He was an archangel like Michael and Gabriel. Those are two big archangels. Michael, yes. They are amongst the most powerful angels. Okay. He led a third. The Bible says to us in Revelation 12, he led a third of the angels astray. So if you are a maths person, there's still two-thirds left. Okay. So those that are for us are more. Greater us, niet kleiner us. Okay. Greater us. That one. Which one? That one. That one. So there's two-thirds of angels that didn't fall. So he exercised his free will and he rebelled against God. Why? Because his heart was filled with pride. Pride was the downfall of Satan. I want you to remember this because this is imperative because we're going to look at four things that Jesus wants us to know about Satan tonight. But I want you to know that he's not all-knowing. He is not all-knowing. In other words, he's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. But he is extremely intelligent. And he's had 6,000 years to study man. So do you think that he can predict your outcome? The Bible tells us in the book of James that, that you are led astray by your own selfish desires when he comes to tempt you. Do you think he is clever enough to press on your buttons the ones that make you sin or make you want to sin? So he's extremely intelligent, okay? Don't see him a little mouse with a megaphone or a little red maniki like that that I just showed you. He is not all-powerful. He is very active. Look at Job chapter 1 verse 7. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth. 
and from walking up and down on it. So he's very active. Walking around, the Bible says, he walks around like a prowling lion, seeking whom he may devour. Who gets devoured? Those that are outside of the kingdom. You step outside of the domain of the king, the protection of the king, you're going to get devoured. Okay. Let's also look at uh, 1 Peter 5, verse 8. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around, there's that verse, like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He's looking for you. He's not omnipresent. He can't be in multiple places, but he's got, not the minions, the little yellow ones, but he's got minions, he's got demons that he can direct across the earth. So be very careful. He is not God or even close to God. I often see these pictures of the devil and Jesus arm wrestling. No contest. No contest. He is not the twin brother of Jesus. Okay. Please. When I say Jesus, you don't say Satan. Okay. When I say dark, you don't say light. You see, darkness is just the absence of light. The thing is this, is that we have been conditioned it was somebody that wrote that the biggest lie that people believe today is that Satan is not real. It's the biggest lie that the enemy wants to spread. He is not God. He doesn't even come close to God. He is an angel who fell. Don't let... Don't fall for this lie of that Satan is the opposite of God. It is not true. Satan gave in to pride, exercising his free will. I've mentioned that to you. And wanted to sit where God sits. He rebelled and he declared war against God. The Bible does not tell us why God allowed Satan to be in opposition to him. What I do want to bring across is this. That we need to take him serious. We need to take our enemy serious. And if you doubt, we just need to look at what Jesus had to say about him. And the Apostle Paul said in the scriptures that we even started off with tonight. That he parades like one that is clothed in light. So Spurgeon that wrote, he said that the devil... Is the best theologian, but is the devil still? He knows the scriptures. He knows you and me. He knows us. He knows church. He knows how we think and operate. He knows that. So he will come in and he'll try and work his way. He's very patient. If there's one thing I can say about Satan, he'll wait. The Bible says his sin crouches at the door, waiting. He'll wait for the opportune moment to strike, set you up for failure. Jesus took Satan seriously. He did not think he was a myth. 
He did not think it was a figment of someone's imagination, which a lot of teachings are. These books being written, that it's just a figment of some wacky Christian's imagination. He's not some cartoon character that I just showed you with a red suit, bone, pointy tail, and pitchfork. It's not him. And Jesus did not think he was a mere projection of our minds in order to explain away the mysteries of evil. So there's no denying tonight that he is quite powerful. So I want us to start off with four things of what Jesus wants us to know about Satan. The first thing, let's turn to John chapter 8 verse 44. I mean, this is an indictment. Look at that. Look at that verse. You are of your father, the devil. Anybody before Jesus has got a father? The devil. Okay. I once said this in church. I, if people had rocks under their chest, they would have thrown me with it. But I said this, that pre-Jesus, you were a Satanist. Now, I was a good person. Now, you were a Satanist, according to scriptures. I, I, I'm nice. No, no. Your father was the devil. If you don't know Jesus, your father is Satan. Scriptures. In actual fact, can I tell you that there's a denominational church right now in South Africa that wants to take this verse out of the Bible. Because Jesus didn't know what he was talking about, they said. 350 years they're fighting about this verse. Right now. And they want to make a decision that they want to take this verse out because Satan does not exist, according to them. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. The first thing I want you to notice, Jesus says that he's a murderer. Jesus did not think he was cute. He did not think he was a little bit naughty. You see, because that's what we do with sin. We diminish sin. We diminish evil. Oh, it's not that bad. I, I, I made a boo-boo. No, no, no. You sinned. You have fallen short of the glory of God. To sin is the Greek word hamartia, to miss the mark with God. That's what it is. When was the last time any of you heard a preach on this, on Satan? Just quickly. Is anybody? Okay. So this is timeless. Do not be deceived. He is totally evil and he's totally malicious. He kills and he destroys. Totally and absolutely is opposed to God and all that is of God. So if you are born of the Spirit, if you are born again, He will hate you from day one. When the church was birthed, He hates the church. The Antichrist have existed from day one. The day of Pentecost, the Antichrist was there because He wants to destroy and He wants to murder and He wants to kill. 
He's a murderer from the beginning. He led Adam and Eve to rebel in the garden. We were talking about it just now. So here's the thing. Perfect scenario. Perfect scenario. Garden of Eden. God walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. And they were deceived. Bible says that in, one, in 2 Corinthians. As Eve was deceived by the cunning of the snake. So, do you think, even in this church here tonight, some of us could be deceived? If it could happen to Adam and Eve, that we're in a perfect state with God, it could happen to us. And I want you to be aware of this. Do not be deceived, brothers and sisters. Adam and Eve was, he led them to rebel against God. He knew this leads to death. He knows this. He knows that if I can get them to believe in me, and if I can get them to walk away from God, this will be a separation forever. It will be spiritual death. And then he went to work on inciting physical murder between Cain and Abel. Brothers killing one another. Today we just do it on Facebook. Today we just kill one another on Facebook with our words. Keyboard cowboys. Shoot and then run. But we kill one another with words. He's been doing killing and murdering ever since. Who do you think celebrates every single life that goes to the grave removed from the saving life of Christ and faces an eternity to hell? Who do you think celebrates that? Satan does. So on the back of this and on the back of each one reach one in the month of August, so much the more, but I'm not an evangelist. Doesn't matter. There are people that are dying and going to hell. And let me tell you, my attitude, if I do not tell somebody, literally my attitude towards them is go to hell. That's my attitude. Is this harsh? Somebody cared enough to pray for me. Somebody cared enough to drag me to church. Literally, they did. And Jesus came in and broke into my life and changed me. 31 years ago. See, he's the great murderer of murderers. The second thing that Jesus wants us to know from that same scripture in John 8, 44, he is a liar. He is a liar. He does not hold to truth, for there is no truth in him. No truth. When he lies, he speaks his native language as lies. You're fat. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. They're not going to miss you if you don't come to church for six weeks. We do. 
We miss you. We love you. We care for you. But he's a liar. He's a liar. So where do we get the word devil from? Well, it's the Greek word diabolos. It means slanderer. That's what it means. Someone who spread lies and half-truths about someone or something in order to get others to think or do the wrong things. That is what a slanderer will do. He spreads lies and half-truths. Confusion. And Satan literally means accuser. I told you guys in the beginning, adversary, accuser. One who is hostile. One who brings false accusations against someone else. So all he does is tear down. All he does is attack and destroy the reputation of truth. Truth is not, it's, it's, if you believe the lies, today I saw somebody, they say if you, if you spread a lie long enough, it becomes truth. No, no, it becomes journalism. If you spread a lie long enough, it becomes good journalism in today's society. Lies. So one of his names is the prince of the power of the air. Do you think that he will use airwaves to bring lies across? Do you think he will use a tool like Facebook, Twitter, all of these things to spread lies? Governments, journalism, marketing, advertising, all of these things to spread lies. Movies, TV. But Stefan, what, what can I do? Well, you're in this world, but you're not off this world. Your hands are going to get dirty when you put it in the garden. But you can go wash it. Go to Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't focus just on this stuff. The evil is out there. My wife and I, we often talk about it, how evil things have become. Don't be surprised. Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What do you think is his essential foundational lie? What do you think is the essential lie that Satan tells us, the biggest lie that he's been working on from Eden, he's been working on, that bad is good. Even ACDC sings, highway to hell. And everybody thinks it's going to be fun. It's going to be an amazing place. I'm going to meet up with my buddies. Do you know that his marketing campaign is just very good to get you there? I'd rather be on the stairway to heaven than the highway of hell. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> His lie is this, that wrong is right. That false is true. That harmful is healthy. 
today's society uh, with the enlightenment, it was, I think, therefore I am. Today is, I want to feel, therefore I am. Hence, everybody cuts themselves because they want to feel. They want to feel pain. Don't do it. I implore you, don't do it. It's a lie. I've got to drown my sorrows in, in alcohol and drugs and find another sexual partner. It's a lie. It's a lie. That immoral, what God calls immoral, He wants to make it moral. What is cruel, he wants to make kind. And what is unjust, he wants to make just. That choosing to sin, to totally go against God, to live apart from God, is the best and even to be praised. And he will call it, Satan will call that logical, Rational and smart. Just because you serve Jesus, the world will tell you that you are narrow-minded. Here's the amazing thing. I am narrow-minded. Thank you, Jesus, that I know one truth, and his name is Jesus. I can afford to be narrow-minded. Label me Label me narrow-minded. It's perfectly fine because I've seen Jesus. And there's one truth. There's one way and one life. And his name is Jesus. So it's perfectly fine if you call me. I'm going to put back the fun in fundamental. Okay. Stephen Curtis Chapman said this. He said this. Listen to this. Satan is screaming lies over us all day long. And God whispers the truth in a still small voice. So often the voice we listen to most is the one we hear loudest. The third thing is he is a destroyer. Let's turn to Luke 8, verse 4 to 8 quickly. And when a great crowd was gathered and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell amongst the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell amongst thorns and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. Some fell into a good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then verse 11 to 15. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and steals, takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who when they hear the word receive it with joy. And these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as far as 
as for that what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And then verse 15, as for those in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold to it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. So Satan wants to keep everyone away from the life that comes through receiving the truth of God's message through Jesus Christ. He wants to steal, even tonight, he wants to steal the truth. He's a destroyer. And if we get this truth, his goal is to snatch it away so that we can reject it or dismiss it. He wants to steal it from our hearts. And if we cannot, if he cannot do this, he'll try to make sure that we do nothing with it. Be passive Christians. That's another one, another one of his tactics. He will choke you up and you'll just come and be a pew warmer. That's all he wants you to be. Just sideline you. You're never in the game. Jesus wants us to be on the lookout for Satan's schemes and be aware of his agenda so that we are not blindsided and willing to, along, uh, to go along with all the temptations. And that's that verse that I quoted in James chapter 1. The fourth thing is, and this is the last one, and this is probably the most important one for me tonight. Jesus wants you to know that Satan is defeated. Jesus said that Satan is real and utterly and totally evil. He did say he's a liar and bent on destroying your uh, exploration and your growth as a Christian. He wants to stop it. So this is not good news. <laughs> but fortunately, this is not all that Jesus had to say about Satan. John chapter 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised for those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires, then desire when it has conceived. No, no, no. I wanted to read, uh, not James, John, sorry. I'm like, yep, I'm reading James. John, sorry, John 12, 31 to 33. Now, is, now you all saw the James one anyway, so it's cool. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Jesus speaking. He says, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. When I'm exalted. So he is defeated, the Bible says. The last and most significant thing Jesus said about Satan is that he is defeated. And it is through Jesus' death on the cross that he did this. The completed work. Satan wants us all to die separated from God. All of us, he wants us to be all unforgiven in our sins. 
So he wants us to pay for the full penalty of sin. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 6.23 that the wages of sin is death, spiritual death, separation from God. He basically wanted them in hell. That's how deep his hatred goes for Christians. So he wants everyone to die in their sins without having a relationship with Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Satan doesn't want any of us saved from the penalties of disobedience. I would love you to go read John chapter 19 from verse 17 to 37, 20 verses there. I would love you to go read that. Jesus, I want to say this, willingly went to the cross. Jesus said, no man takes my life. Those verses I would love you to read is John 19, verse 17 to 37. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. Look at this, John 10, verse 17 to 18. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. So as one, Jesus is one who knew no sin. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us. He became sin for us. He never sinned. Jesus never sinned. He took our sin upon him. Because the wages of sin is death. But the Bible says, Romans 6.23, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. He laid down his life for our sin. Jesus paid the full penalty, the full price. And rising from the dead after three days, he made it clear that death does not have the final victory. Death is not final. I, I Don't fear death. Death is not final. Jesus is above the spiritual world, above the angelic world. He's above the supernatural world. Jesus is Lord of everything. And we can receive tonight, each one of us can receive forgiveness for our sin. And I want to say this as well, you can walk in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. A personal. Not living through your community leader or your parents or a friend or your... You can have a personal relationship with Him. And when we die, we just step into eternity. Eternal life with Jesus. Because that's the promise. By accepting what Jesus did for us on the cross in my place. A substitute. I couldn't die on that cross. Because Jesus said, I laid down my life, remember? And I'll take it up again. After three days, he did that. Because he died in my place. I can have life and life forevermore, the Bible says. By his death, by his resurrection... Jesus conquered all the powers of Satan over sin, death, and hell. And at the end of time, when this whole story is going to be wrapped up, 
When Jesus returns, Satan will be judged along with everyone else. And then the victory will be complete, 100%. He is defeated, but then victory will be complete. But between now and the not yet, between now and not yet, Satan is still alive and well on planet earth. Defeated, but loose and active. And this is a time of great choice. I want to say this. Church, this is a time of great choice and free will for all of us. Where we need to operate and say, God, I choose you. Satan will try to keep as many, even tonight, he will try to keep as many as possible from God. And not only deceive but ultimately he wants to destroy. So I want to read two, two more scriptures. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting. You see, there's that word again. We started off with that verse. It says by a, that you will fall away from appearance and sincere devotion to Christ. But now, what is, because if you're not devoted to Jesus, what are you going to devote yourself to? Deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. <laughs> Through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. Uh, who forbid marriage. And that's happening. And require abstinence from foods that God created to be received. It's become, our bellies have become our God's. Receive with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. And then lastly, Revelation. Maybe just close your eyes as I read this. And the great dragon was thrown down. Remember I said it's one of his names. That ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan. The accuser and, and the diabolos. The deceiver of the whole world. He, has, he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. I want to read that again. Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him. Listen here, my friends. This is how we conquer him. By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. 